0: So good morning, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast, and Nick is getting cranked up right now. I see him coming. He uh, he has to get up awfully early to be here from Seattle, so we appreciate him doing so, especially after he called a shot in day two of both picks. Uh, and I, I recut that video of uh, the the case for Matthew Bergeron, who the Falcons traded up and get. So today on the show, what we want to do is we want to recap the NFL the the NFL draft specifically with the Atlanta Falcons, the players they got. Who might they have got? How we thought, what we thought about the picks, um, and then we'll take a look at the roster over the next thirty minutes and say, okay, what's what's next? What really, if there's any any holes to be filled, what could they do? What are they, and how could they possibly be filled? And then, you know, that'll we'll dive into the chat. We'll take any questions uh, about any of the players, and that should be pretty much the thirty-minute show today. So, Nick, good morning, and welcome in. How are you doing? What's up with my mic? I can't I can't hear you. Can y'all hear me? me Something's up with my my thing. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to bounce you while you're figuring it out. I want to make sure that the rest of y'all can hear me. You guys can hear me okay in the chat. Victor, Alan, give me a shout. He says, uh, Alan says, good morning, gentlemen. Um, And Victor says, uh, good morning, Scott and Nick. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Solid draft class by the Falcons. um, Nothing special. We'll see that. Let's trust the coaching staff to develop these kids. And uh, Nick, just give me a thumbs up when you're ready to come back in. And um, Kevin Map says, "Good morning, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you." Uh, and Steve Kennedy, "Good morning. Good job on the draft. Yeah, there was a lot of work put in by a lot of people for this draft." And and Nick, just uh, check your settings and make sure it didn't flop back over to your camera or something like that for speakers. Uh, Kevin Map says, "You can hear." Victor says, "You can hear." Okay, good, good, good. Uh, Joe says, great morning, Scott and Nick. I would say we had a solid draft. Kind of thought we would take a wide receiver. There you go. And uh, and Joe's coming in with the question that I have right now. If I have any questions on the, uh, where do the Falcons need some help right now? My number one slot might be wide receiver right now. Ironically, after Scott's been bitching about the wide receivers being taken in the first two drafts of the Terry Fontenot regime, they can use another receiver. So I saw, um, you know, like a Twitter meme, Nick, like I said, give me a thumbs up when you're good to go. Um, I saw kind of on a, on a meme that said, you know, when the Falcons line up and it's, it's CP 84, you know, Cordero Patterson and Bijan Robinson in a five wide receiver set. that's going to be money. And I was like, shoot, that might be the only way they can line up in a five wide receiver set right now is there. And, and I think, you know, where we talk about the Falcons need a number two wide receiver. But if, if Cordero Patterson is your number two wide receiver, that's not a bad option to have. You use him as an X factor, as a slash, different ways. But you're going to be in a two tight end set a lot. And if your three pass catchers out there are Cordero Patterson, well, in your fourth being one of your running backs, Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London, along with B. John Robinson or Tyler Algier out of the backfield, you're you're okay. You know, you can get away with Scotty Miller or Mac Hollins as your fifth option. The question comes in, though, is injuries, you know, that type of stuff, you're real, real thin at the pass-catching position, Nick. Now you're muted. Unmute mic. Now you're muted. It says your mic isn't connected. So, really? Nick... There, no, I heard you blip. Hello. There he is. Okay, now we're good to go. Uh,
1: Working on that new camera, if you can tell him. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, it looks
0: good. It was the one where, if you saw, you know, sometimes it looked like he was getting, he was Icarus flying too close to the sun. So I can do this now. <laughs> <laughs> without totally uh, blacking out. Well,
1: black out from the coffee. But yeah, no, the Falcons wide receiver, uh you mentioned the concern about depth, you mentioned uh you didn't mention though um special teams. I mean, a lot of times wide receivers are key special teams contributors out there and the lack of investment in depth there, I mean, Scotty Miller is he out there running, you know, gunner or anything of the core four? No, he's pretty small, <laughs> kind of shifty kind of guy. So, that's the other area can how many times can Nick bring it back to special teams? Everyone drink. Uh but Overall, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And your wide receiver too is Kyle Pitts. Like functionality wise, I think we can that's one of the big takeaways we can take. I think I mean oh, I think
0: he's wide receiver one, honestly. Yeah. He's actually, out there, I think he's correct. target one. Yeah. Drake is target two. Yes. Yeah. You're getting you know, you're, you're totally in positions, but I start thinking about like as far as actual wide receivers, because cause Kyle did line up in line more often. I, I saw him there a decent mm-hmm. amount. And you want to move him all over the place. Yeah. But options one and two with the ball in the air, Kyle Pitts, Drake London.
1: Yeah. And just coming home to the point of a uh, positionless football, mm-hmm. right? Is that you're a pass catcher. We'll try to isolate you. It's like basketball. Does your shooting guard have to be your best shooter? No, it can be your power forward. It can be your point guard. Uh, Just get, make, make sense with the flow and the spacing and get your good players the ball. Uh, So I think that's where you're kind of at with this. And uh very curious to see how this option of uh, this offense runs. You're correct though. If what you have one injury to one of those top pass catchers, the depth is, concerning um but this is going to be a team that leans heavily on the run game and the run game infrastructure so no perfect crossers that's an area where you got to have to hold your breath a little bit
0: yeah roe comes in and says uh linebacker and wide receiver but we got time there will be cuts i feel like the falcons are okay at wide receiver you know they lost what they lost Sean Evans, but they brought in caden ellis uh they used a third round pick last year or is a second round pick may have been a second round pick on troy anderson last year i felt like he was yeah i felt like he was uh, a top 50 pick so second round pick on troy anderson you still got um walker michael walker i was like willis michael willis that's not right um michael michael walker there who's a a solid pro so i think you're okay at the the inside linebacker position it's interesting though the the free agents that are available bleach report kind of compiled them up says 10 of the best free agents i swear six of them were edge rushers but are you gonna cut your third-round pick, D'Angelo Malone. So let's let's put Ade Ogandaji in a box right now, okay? Even without him, you still have Zach Harrison. Uh, you still have um, – it's last year's pick. God, I'm, I, my coffee needs to start cooking. It's not Ogandaji. Ebiketti. Ebiketti, D'Angelo Malone, Bud Dupree, one, two, three, four. Then you've got Ogandaji. How many of those guys are you going to carry if you were to bring in, say, a Kenny Clark? Uh, a Leonard Floyd. Now, I'd probably try and find a, some space for those guys. Uh, but, you know, does that mean you, you're you going to have to make a move with D'Angelo Malone in just his second year? Or can you carry five? I would think you can probably carry five and move guys around some mm-hmm. and find a spot. Um, but all of a sudden, your edge room, while there's no dominant player there, yet you're, there's decent depth there. There's not a big drop off. You're okay. At edge depending on what you get from zach harrison which would be a lot to expect early uh wide receiver and then um you know safety seems to be okay linebacker but who i guess it was edge was still the the big question for me uh where if, if i've got money to spend next year or another high draft pick next year it's time to go get that guy
1: yeah edge would be very high uh without a doubt in the p- potential there if you're talking 2024 first round picks i mean Edge, need to premium positions. What are the premium positions? Edge, wide receiver, still could be up there. Defensive tackle. I mean, we talked about it a lot. This is an older uh, defensive tackle group, so getting an investment there could make some sense. And if you love Bergeron at guard, maybe an uh, offense tackle. I mean, just, you know me. Nick, what are the positions they should pick? Probably the premium positions. And then we didn't even talk about quarterback.
0: So uh, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's the, the, the kind of year Desmond Ritter has could change everything. It, it really could change everything. But there there's certainly... You know, watch what they say, uh, or watch what they do, not what they say. And what they say, and what they're doing is they have they feel pretty good about Desmond Ritter as their quarterback right now. Um, let me see here real quick as I get back into the chat. Jason O'Neill says, "Good morning, Nick and Scott. Great job with the draft coverage. Thank you, sir." And and shout out to Dave Holcomb, who carried the All Falcons site for the picks uh, while I'm out at baseball Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, he was. He, uh, he did a great job for us. Brandon Swank says, um, "What if the Falcons did the same thing to Debo Samuel, but with Patterson. Well, they already did that, Brandon. They turned Debo into Cordero Patterson, not the other way around. So um, I, I think Debo Samuel was probably a better pure running back or wide receiver at the time, where he could be a thousand yard guy and, and make a living as a wide receiver, where Cordero, Cordero was kind of struggling there and had kind of become a special teams guy until Arthur, uh, Arthur Smith kind of unlocked him a little bit. Um, but, yeah, uh, you're, you're going to use Patterson all over the place. I'd like to see him get five to seven carries out of the backfield and five to seven catches uh, somewhere, whether it's out receiver, slot, um, X, Y, Z, whatever you want to call it, F-back, H-back, wherever, X-factor. That's what I like to refer to him as. So I want I want to see him get 10 to 12 touches, not 17 to 20, I think, that's a way you end up with Cordero Patterson on the sidelines watching because he mm-hmm. runs like a kamikaze. Um, I'd like to see him out there. And Nick, I had a question for you regarding Sue Kevin's comment here. He says, I don't want to be a homer, but our fourth pick, uh, and that was uh, Cam Phillips. Clark Phillips out of Utah. Clark You may have got it right. I had to look it back up again. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because I don't know much about him. (laughs) Uh, It looks like a real steal. I get why he dropped, but Tyron Matthew succeeded. Yeah, and the Honey Badger was just playmaker extraordinaire. I haven't watched as much as Clark Phillips. You know, Tyron Matthew wasn't all that big, wasn't all that fast. He just made plays. I mean, the definition of, well, this guy's a football player. Look at the Honey Badger. That's exactly what they're talking about as a player like him. He didn't have all the measurables, but he was an elite football player. The instincts, uh, the anticipation he has to to make plays, and then the ability to make them once he had the opportunity. Um, But I don't know as much about Clark Phillips, the cornerback taken, but the measurables are similar. He's not all that big, not all that fast, but he was projected in the third and the Falcons got him in the fourth.
1: You're... Obviously, projecting a little bit of a different position there for Clark Phillips. And he played boundary cornerback a lot of times on the right side of the field, uh, rather than that safety kind of hole player uh, that we saw from Tyron Mathayou a lot uh, there at LSU. Also, you didn't never see the Tyron he was an elite, uh, like special teams player, too, or returner that, you know, you could see the instincts of fluidity just with the ball in his hands uh, was different. You never saw that from uh, Clark Phillips. And Clark Phillips had a lot of plays on the ball at uh, Utah and was a you know, good player coming downhill, being physical uh, for his size, but tested poorly and he was like in the zeroth percentile or something for arm length and pretty darn small. So I think he's a fun player there, but there's a reason that despite his production and everything he fell to the fourth round, I think I
0: I don't know if, he, if they mentioned they're going to move him to safety. I was curious. You know, I think it's just the talk of a, a, a similar size. And, you know, I would think that, you know, if he's good in the run, you drop him into nickel slot, you know, third safety, which is something that uh, that Ryan Nielsen likes to do um, where they can just move him around. And again, we talk about positionless football. You're going to have you're going to be in dime a lot, six DBs on the field. Can you find a spot for this guy amongst your six defensive backs on the field, whether it's one of the safeties, corners, wherever? Can you find a spot in that cloud coverage? You've got probably you probably can.
1: Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, it really depends on what they kind of want to do with uh, Jeff Akuda as well. Right. Jeff Acuda is playing a lot of slot at Detroit and are you going to move him to back to the boundary with uh, Clark Phillips in the slot, or is it going to be one of those things where you're playing more off coverage and with the off coverage, you're okay with a guy with a little bit less size. And uh, then you can move uh, Clark Phillips to the boundary and keep Jeff Akuda in the slot. So I'm curious to see what the overall uh, structure is of this defense. I believe um, the saints over the last few years have played a lot of, uh, Press coverage, cover one kind of stuff on the back end, uh, but it will be uh, interesting to follow and see what they do with the the Falcon or with this Falcons team going forward. Uh, just do want to give a I see a lot of people in the chat that's giving us props for the uh, Matthew Bergeron uh, call out. I mean, yeah, it was a uh, one that made a lot of sense. Uh, sometimes you put the pieces together and you get lucky, right? So just trying to, it's kind of like being a detective. Okay, well, what's the evidence we have? We have we know what the reality is of the roster. What is the range of the player? The valuation. And what makes sense for what they want to do, and this is one of the things where I think understanding the scheme helps as much as understanding the player and the needs. Uh, the Falcons, we talked a lot about Steve Avila. Well, you're looking for somebody with a little bit more mobility, uh, run blocking, the ability to hit players in the second level, you know, kind of a heat-seeking missile blocker, and that can be Bergeron. So the Falcons, I I, had, I was telling Scott like, ah, oh, this could happen. Then I heard like actually this, he's going to go even higher uh, well, than he the, they can.
0: Pay. The other part of that was Steve Avila was gone. Yeah. You know, so it was, you know, what what does this make sense? Could it have been Steve Avila? You know, Mm -hmm. Nick had me convinced, had you convinced, even if Steve Avila was on the board, Matthew Bergeron probably makes more sense. Um, You know, in the third round, I think we ended up taking of the available players, Marvin Mims. Why did I take Marvin Mims at that time over Zach Harrison was because of the scarcity of players available at the wide receiver position. Well, the Denver Broncos traded up Marvin Mims in our mock was available in the third round. he he wasn't available anymore he was gone so you know from the 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 purpose of that exercise was to show you some of the players that might be available where they might go and between nick nailing it and then me hitting the guys that were already gone and taken hey if they're here you want them they weren't there feel pretty good about what we were doing (laughs) the kind of day we had on friday so thank you thank you so uh thank you so much
1: um i think some of it too is uh we've Really liked Yaya Diaby, who's now a Buccaneer, and uh, he fell to the fourth a lot. So we're like, oh, maybe Yaya yeah, yeah, will be there. We'll, uh, we'll hold on to that one in our pocket, and he goes a little earlier, too.
0: Yeah, and it was uh, it, the the one pick that the other guy that I really liked that we talked up a lot went to the very next pick. So when you're looking at picks, you say, okay, what do you think about this pick and who was available? And I said for a long time, the sweet spot in this draft, I swear, seemed to be 30 to 50. Um, right in that zone. So you know, at 36, Steve Avila goes. The two tight ends, uh, Sam Laporta and Michael Meyer, go. Um, Matthew Bergeron goes 38, and then at 39, Jonathan Mingo goes. We just got done talking about the 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 wide receivers and 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 how you can use them. Jonathan Mingo goes to the Carolina Panthers. That guy's going to be a problem. He's he's going to be a problem. I, I felt like I felt like the NFC South had a pretty good draft. Some guys that I thought. You didn't necessarily want to have to deal with um that some players we like. And we can we can get into a few of those uh in a bit. But you know, then you look down a little bit, a little bit farther. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the Saints Isaiah Foskey pick. I thought that was for the players that were still there, considering they could have had Luke Musgrave tight end, Joe Tipman at center, Julius Brent, um, Brian Branch, Keon White, Jatavius Martin, Cody Malk, Keanu Benton. Those were the next picks that all went after Isaiah Foskey. I would have taken every single one of those guys um, over over Foskey. Cam Smith, running back, Zach Charbonnet. Um, And then that was down to 52-53, and then it starts getting a little bit more questionable for me. Now, Mm. what actually happens, uh, we will see. And I knew I was forgetting somebody of those. Thank you, Victor. Of those edge rushers we were talking about, I was forgetting Lorenzo Carter. So I mentioned, what, six guys already on the roster now? It's going to be hard to bring in a guy. So I think there's pretty well set at edge. Um, Ade Ogundeji could be the odd man out there. And that's before you even bring anybody else in. I just, I, I don't think this is the year for edge. Lorenzo, Bud Dupree, they'll be on one-year deals. You hope that your three young guys can grow up. Zach Harrison, D'Angelo Malone, and, and uh can be something. And then you add to that room. Um, we'll see. So I, uh, thank you, Victor. I did appreciate that one. That set of um, Tyree Ryan, Wilson
1: fell to eight. Maybe he'd be the pick, even though it wasn't the year for edge. I mean, it's always the, yeah. the board kind of dictates that too.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. we'll never know. No, um, but they seem pretty well set on Bijan Robinson. And I know Ryan Adonis was a big fan of the pick. And like I, I've said, it made a lot of sense. And after the fact it made, if that was your guy, you take him at eight, forget, Forget your uh, your your board as far as the long term team building. You start thinking of positional value and supply and demand and all that kind of stuff. But for immediate impact for this team for winning games next year, it's hard to find a player mm-hmm. in this draft that will have a bigger impact on their team than than uh, Bijan Robinson will have for the Falcons. You would probably have to go to the one of the quarterbacks, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, and and that would be Bryce Young at Carolina, and that's about it as Far as yeah. I'm concerned,
1: yeah, without a doubt, maybe Will Anderson, but uh, I digress. Yeah, it's a uh, I think overall the Falcons had a pretty darn good draft. Uh, my favorite pick of the group, not to be biased because we kind of called it, but Matthew Bergeron, I uh, really like what they did bringing him in. I mean, you knew how much also we were hyping Zach Harrison, just guys who made sense scheme wise. I mean, if you roll that tape back and we're throwing out, okay, take Matthew Bergeron here, who, who are some options in the third. Zach Harrison makes a lot of sense because of the size. You're missing that kind of elephant uh,
0: edge dresser out there that we know the Saints have loved to have. Seven uh, he, foot two wingspan. I mean, he's covering tackle to tackle if you put him in the middle. Yeah. He's 270, 275
1: as well. He's got some ability to reduce inside and play over the B gap if you want. And somebody, if you want to kind of have a 4-3 under look, can be that strong side uh, defensive end. So, yeah, he's a, a good one. I thought you did pretty good with two, two brand players. I'll say that too. Two brand players there. Uh, for me on day two of the draft. So pretty good. And then adding Bijan on top, who could end up being the best player in the draft. I mean, going to easily be the number one uh, fantasy pick uh, this year in terms of the dynasty leagues. And heck, he might even be picked number three overall in a lot of standard leagues. So uh, it will be a lot of fun this year. Shout out to Arthur Smith for that one too. Cause he's, a big part of why the running back is so valuable
0: last year. I felt like he had a, a surly look on his face all year. I'm like, dude, you're not going to make it. This is, you know, he was, he, we talked about him. I even wrote up, you know, petulant child act is wearing thin, you know, I'm like this, this is an easy press group in Atlanta. They are soft and I don't mean that bad. I don't like it when people are up there taking shots and trying to play gotcha journalism, but they're not out there trying to make your job harder. They're trying to do their job and they're pretty easy. And he was a sourpuss all year. I mean, every time I see Arthur Smith now, he's got a big grin on his face. You know, it, it's, it's like, hey, I've, I've got $250 million in free agents and one of the top running backs prospects in years coming out. Kevin says, after the Georgia coaches came out against Jalen Carter, I sort of uh, had a sigh of relief that we passed on him. So what did the, did the Georgia I – coach? I, I have trouble picturing them and an actual quote being attributed to them. I couldn't find anything. There was a Tony,
1: no, excuse me. It's not him. It was Mike Ferrellio, article on pro football talk. I believe that had some stuff about Georgia coaches were a little bit uneasy about him. Uh, But I don't remember seeing any like specifically like this guy's a terrible person or lazy or anything. There's some implications, but no direct names, no direct quotes, uh, just some comments like that. So
0: some of that happens, but they just need to grow up. George Pickens was the same way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they had to go roust him from playing his PlayStation to get him to practice, let alone school, school. I don't, I didn't come here to play school. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so some of those guys grow up, some of them don't, um, that's, that's all part of it. Um, Pickens didn't have the same natural ability that Jalen Carter did. And again, as far as are, the, the the Eagles are in a position they could miss on a number nine pick, a high upside, high risk guy. They they could miss. The Falcons aren't quite there yet. We just talked about the wide receiver room, the edge room. Their starting twenty two looks completely different and a much much better. But that's still on paper. They 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 got about as sure a thing in this draft as you could possibly get in Bijan Robinson. It it wasn't just safe, but it was also again round peg, round hole for for what you are trying to do what's the identity of this team it was it was a good fit and falcons fans anybody that is upset about the positional value or the contract structure isn't going to worry about that for the next three years you know in in three years we might be up there saying see this is why you didn't want to take that guy well you know if he rushes for forty five hundred yards and 40 touchdowns over three years i won't care um you know would you trade think of it like a wide receiver nick if if you had if you had the chance to get a, a 28-year-old top-notch wide receiver in his prime, he's only gonna get one contract, you know, the, his last big contract, and you get a four-year deal on him, 28, 29, 30, 31 years old. You trade a number eight for that guy. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 trade a number eight for a player like that to try and get a, a Devontae Adams type at, at the 28, you know, at 28 years old. Or we've seen it. So I'm not too worried about it if he, as long as he delivers and you feel pretty good about him doing that. Um, Was it my number one pick? Probably not. But like I said, going into the draft, I can justify just about anybody at that number eight position. And and B. John Robinson was pretty easy to justify.
1: Yeah. Fun player. Good player. Uh, Seems like a good person as well. It's somebody that really, you know, we kept keep talking about building a superpower with this team. We talked about it about positional groups, but can also be, you know, like when you were playing playstation or whatever back in the day and you saw your team's um, rankings pass offense run offense pass defense run defense you're trying to get that um run offense up to an a a 10 out of 10 and they're pretty pretty darn close to there if they're not there i want to see it obviously first but they were great last year one of the better schematic rushing teams and offensive line coming together you continue to invest in that you bring people back you paid uh obviously you pay uh Chris Lindstrom, huge money, uh, deservedly so. So, And then you add B. John Robinson, so it should be a very fun, unique uh curveball to a lot of the other teams in the league. Uh, I think pretty much the only teams I can think of that are similar in terms of their run proficiency might be what the Bears have been doing and what the Eagles have been doing. Uh, maybe the Ravens too. It's a little different with the Ravens, but I digress. Uh, pretty fun uh, seeing some of those different styles in football. And that's something too, you know, people embracing these different kinds of quarterbacks and different styles of offense used to be there for, you know, 10 years. The offenses were so homogenous, right? Everybody's trying to do the same exact thing. And like, Oh, you guess what? You can't copy Peyton Manning. Sorry. Um, But, uh, or Tom Brady even, but uh, now you see the triangle.
0: Yeah. You didn't have Michael Jordan.
1: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Good luck. Uh, But seeing these different styles, uh, it's going to be an interesting year. And the thing that everyone's waiting for now, the big question, probably the, the only question, uh, really, the only question that matters, uh, Desmond Ritter. And we have Sean mm-hmm. Edwards coming in saying, I'm ready to see if Ritter let all the haters down. I think he will become great. I Disappointing the haters would be good for Ritter. Seems like a great guy. The odds are still against him. And guess what? This is a make it or break it year for him because there are really, really no excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and did Brandon Swain come in and say, Ritter won't have a lot to do this year? Yeah, it's it, you might come up to a situation where it's really hard to evaluate because you're winning football games but are you winning football games because of Ritter or in spite of it's one of those things where now it's the roster so good. And for a rookie quarterback, a rookie contract quarterback, that's okay. But eventually that contract runs out with you still have three years of control. If you can run that for a bit, but uh, what kind of quarterback is he is? What's the ceiling on this roster with him on that rookie deal?
0: Yeah. And I, I feel better about the salary cap management of Terry Fontenot. Obviously it, it couldn't have been any worse than Thomas Dimitrov, but you feel like, again, you, you mentioned you you give all that money to to um, Chris Lindstrom. Caleb McGarry got a nice raise, probably 3X. Mm-hmm. And then Lindstrom got is getting a 2X from what he was getting because he was on an 11-year, uh, he's on an 11 million 50-year option right now. So him going up to 17, 18 wasn't that much money, but the money that was going into Jake Matthews is going to decrease. It will cover those guys. So they're done. So now, Nick, you look at the starting lineup and let's go, you know, across the board. If I go from from left to right, I go Drake London, Kyle Pitts, left tackle Jake Matthews, left guard Matthew Bergeron, center Drew Dahlman, right guard Chris Lindstrom, tackle, uh, we're talking um, Caleb McGarry, Cordero Patterson, maybe as the other wide receiver, Desmond Ritter, Bijan Robinson, and I've got an X factor. I think that's 10. I've got one more I'm allowed to use somewhere else. Um, that's that's a solid offense, assuming mm-hmm. Desmond Ritter. And I, I think I wrote it up as the most disrespected guy in the NFL. And it's funny. The Bijan Robinson pick did more for the Q rating of Desmond Ritter than anything else that has happened. And to this point, nothing else has mattered that the Atlanta Falcons have done. Oh, they jumped $200 million into their defense. Yeah, but they're not any better because they still have Desmond Ritter. Well, now it's like, oh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, Drake London, or uh, Desmond Ritter's got some options. This this offense is going to be pretty damn good. It's going it to be fun. Be, yeah, it could be real fun.
1: I'm curious if it has a similar impact. I know these guys came in together, but, uh, you know, pretty close when you're off in the draft. But the Ezekiel Elliott impact on Dak Prescott, you know, you make it really easy for him. Give him the easy button early on. Guess what? You're playing loaded boxes. You're playing single high safeties. And then it's easier to play matchup football on the outside, allowing him then to develop into those areas with some confidence, uh, n- not putting too much on his plate. And then over time that day two day three quarterback, you know, can become a guy, one that has similar ability. I mean, honestly, Dak Prescott and uh, Desmond Ritter or two that we kind of, I think compared uh, similarly coming out, you know, more of a running guide, not typically always the most accurate arm talent is just okay, but a smart player, a very competitive player, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And, uh, big leader also. So somebody that I think could make sense there. Now you give him a, he doesn't have to be the dude on that team. Now, eventually he has to become that dude if you're going to pay him. Uh, But Mm -hmm. for now, for you have three years of him cost controlled where he doesn't have to be that dude. Bijan is that dude. The offensive line is that dude. And that's more than that's more than fine. Play of stats coming in. Any thoughts on a trade for Corey Davis? I mean, he's been just so dreadful. I guess if you give up like a (laughs) seventh round pick, um, that'd be fine. You know, bring in another body, but that's, he's I don't think like he's a much Jeff different Kuda deal maybe uh, less than that he,
0: so fifth, Jeff, you know even a fifth rounder for Akuda feels like good money
1: I would go less than that I think you might even be able to pick up Corey Davis uh, as a cut coming up here he's been he's been horrible uh so I don't think I the fifth round pick can still be a, foul, a
0: solid player <laughs> so I, I think I wouldn't even pay a fifth uh and Kevin comes in he says let's quit forgetting about Tyler Algier I'm not gonna forget about Tyler Algier and frankly i'm 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 two minds and there's two arguments on this nick about how this works for tyler algier i would think he's still going to get plenty of chances to shine in -hmm. this offense he's still going to get 200 touches okay but having bijan there will keep it from being 300 touches and he can have plenty of tread on the tire when his rookie deal runs out because you feel a little bad for this guy He's a fifth round pick. He's not getting the big kind of money. He won't make as much money in his first contract as Bijan may make in his first year uh just because of the first versus fifth. But mm-hmm. he's really good. He's going to have a chance to be really good without getting beat to hell. You know, yep. hopefully where when he comes up for his second deal, you know, and I'm I I'm am pl- I'm a fan of players as much of teams. And I, I want Tyler Algier to be rewarded for the player that he is. Cause right now he's underpaid and I would like to see him get a good deal in his second contract. And this may help. This could help a lot. He could be a really, y'all remember Michael Turner uh, and what he did for the Falcons after deputizing Ladanian Tomlinson out in San Diego, he came as one of the best running backs Falcons ever, ever had got a nice free agent deal. One of the best moves Thomas Dimitrov ever made him and Alex Mack are probably the two best moves he ever, ever made. And I, I think this could be a great move for the long-term financial capabilities of Tyler Algier.
1: Reminds me of uh, Broncos just paid pretty good money for some P. Ryan. And does P Ryan get that money if Cincinnati grinds him to a pulp? Probably not, but they had Joe Mixon there and he could come in and spell. And guess what? He got to that second contract healthy and gets a nice little payout for a position that typically you don't see guys get uh, good contracts for a second uh, uh, second contract. So yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Also, one thing, I hate to even mention it, so I'll kind of imply it, but if you're going to be a run-oriented team and you, you have, what's a position that gets dinged up almost more than any other, the running back. So you better be able to have somebody in there that I'm not talking, you know, catastrophic injury, but like a game or two with, you know, a little bit of ankle issue or like a lingering hammy. Well, guess what? We're offense isn't going to completely implode if you have to go four weeks with Tyler Algier out there while you kind of just, you know, Keep everything afloat uh, for a little bit while the uh, the captain is
0: asleep. Yep, and then and Lee comes in and asks a very pertinent question. You know, do you think they keep Caleb Huntley, running back Caleb Huntley, after he returns from injury? I do. Um, you know, assuming he comes back. Well, I think it was was he an Achilles? I don't I remember. So. I don't remember. That's a that's a sob of an injury. Um, there may be some time on the practice squad again for him, unfortunately. But I would the Falcons will have a third running back it might be cordell patterson you might consider him running back three and then um they'll have a pretty good one on the practice squad wouldn't you if you had a choice of hey i'm getting practice squad calls i've got 15 calls wouldn't you take the arthur smith's call i would as a running back absolutely so they'll probably have and that's where caleb huntley spent a lot of his time last year so they will bring in and we'll, we'll keep an eye on on uh the practice squad they'll have a running back on the practice squad as well. On that note, we've got to get out of here for the day. We appreciate everybody coming Mm in. Um, The the numbers are climbing, so I hate to leave now. Um, But make sure you hit that like and subscribe uh, on the way in. And I've got a favor to ask. Uh, Give us a review. I think one of the people I banned gave us a one-star review. That's okay. Uh, As long as enough of you come in and give us a review on Apple Pods, it will balance out some of our trolls. So Jeremy Sean had come in, my friend Dave McAllister – former Ohio state quarterback uh, came in and gave us a review and we've, we've almost doubled our reviews to like nine. Um, So we're getting some, we're getting some traction on Apple pods and with your help, we can get even more. We will be back Wednesday morning for the full hour show where we can dive in more and start looking into more salary cap stuff, players, how these guys fit UDFAs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So appreciate everybody being here and we will see you Wednesday morning live 9.00 AM. Thank you so much. Peace.